Hello, friends. Welcome to the Deeper Daily Podcast for the 14th day of January. I am Paul White. It's a Friday. I hope you've had a great week. We are not doing a long-form Friday today. Instead, we are jumping back into the Genesis 19 account of Lot and his journey out of Sodom. Today, I want to conclude the 19th chapter by dealing with the story that takes place from verses 30 to 38. This is the story of when Lot, who had lived in the little town of Zoar, leaves Zoar and goes up into the mountains with his two daughters, the same two daughters he brought out of Sodom. His wife has turned to a pillar of salt. He is now uh, with his two daughters in the mountain region outside of Zoar. The text says he went there because he was afraid to dwell in Zoar. We have a lot of issues in this that we don't really have answers to. For instance, Lot requested to go to Zoar when the angels told him to go to the mountains. They let him. He went to Zoar. We don't know what happened, but by verse 30, he's afraid to stay there. And so he's either finally decided to obey the angels to the letter of the law, to to the word, or he got to Zoar and realized they weren't much better than Sodom, and he left. We don't know, and, and maybe it's not safe to speculate, but he leaves the little city, goes up into the mountains with his daughters. As I look over this story, you, you, you want to always find a way to see Christ in a story, You need to, un- but I think we all need to understand that that's not always the point of every story. It's not to show us the Jesus that is to come. That's the point. That's the overall narrative of the Bible. But that doesn't mean every pocket, every little story does exactly that. We talked a little bit about the fact that there's a link here for sure within the same chapter of a dad who offers these two daughters to a sort of sexually violent crowd. The crowd rejects it, but you know psychologically the daughters know that's happened. They commit incest with their father at the end of the chapter. You can't help but make this connection of some sort of issues with their relationship with their father leading to some pretty raw sexual promiscuity. Now, that is for someone else. That's for brighter minds than me to work that out. I do see that as a possible connection, but I don't know what to do with it in regards to the gospel other than to say it's one more in a long line of stories in the Old Testament in which we need a Redeemer to come named Jesus. Um, We could also look into some of the Hebrew writings to get an idea about some of these things and some of these issues. For instance, neither daughter is named in the book of Genesis. They're just his two daughters. We dealt with the idea that there are sons-in-law, which means they're either married to men that haven't slept with them or there are other daughters who stay behind in Sodom. We'll leave that possibility alone. What we do know, however, is there is a Hebrew Midrash book called the book of Jasher. And in the Hebrew book of Jasher, it actually names one of Lot's daughters, a girl named Paleth. And she is burned to death by the Sodomites. So she's not one of the two daughters listed in Genesis. Now, why am I even bringing this up? Because it actually confirms something that I have been saying in my own teachings here about Sodom and what God is trying to do. And that is that the Hebrews taught that the Sodomites 
had made a law in sodomy against giving charity to foreigners. And Peltith broke that law and they burned her to death. That's Hebrew tradition. That's in the Hebrew Midrash. That's the oral teachings of the old Hebrew histories. If that's the case, then sodomy had Sodom had a law against giving aid to foreigners, which could speak to exactly why God showed up. Because the worst thing you can do is refuse to give aid to foreigners. And that's a possibility. That's at least something to think about. And it might confirm what we've been saying about God's visitation to Sodom. But what do we do with 30 to 38? Well, this is something that as I sat and prayed over this today and and just worked through this today, something struck me from verse 31. The firstborn daughter said to the youngest daughter, Our father is old, and there's no man on the earth to come into us as is the custom of all the earth. Come, let us make our father drink wine. We'll lie with him that we may preserve the lineage of our father. So they made their father drink wine that night. Firstborn went in and lay with the father. He didn't know. She lay down when she rose, etc., etc. You know the story. Oldest daughter sleeps with him one night. She gets pregnant. Youngest daughter gets him drunk the next night. She sleeps with him. She gets pregnant. The oldest daughter has a son. They name Moab. He becomes the father of the Moabites. The youngest daughter has a son named Benami. He becomes the father of the Ammonites. Those are two names that will pop up over and over and over again in the Old Testament as enemies of the people of God. And so the histories are trying to give you the origin of this struggle. But what strikes me in verse 31 is that she says, there's no man on the earth to come into us as this is the custom of all the earth, which means that she thinks there's no other man left on the earth, which is weird considering they just left Zoar, the previous verse. And Zoar was at least full of enough people that it scared Lot about staying there. So, We could just assume that she means there's nobody left we'd want to sleep with. But what it says to me is the Hebrew literature doesn't speak of the end of the earth the way we do. Lot's daughter saw no foreseeable Man, even though she had just left a city full of men, to her, there was no one left on the earth. When you get the the literature in the Old Testament that talks about the end of the earth or the end of the world, all the way up into the, remember, Jewish writers of the New Testament, let's realize that they're talking about location. They're talking about systems. They're talking about timing, not the end of a global economy. I'm not trying to make this eschatological, but I am trying to find something that you can sink your teeth into in this story. Otherwise, it's just, hey, don't commit incest. You don't need a podcast to tell you not to commit incest. I don't think anyone's struggling with that. You might stretch this and go, hey, don't get drunk. Look what might happen. But that's a big leap. Don't get drunk. There might be incest. That's not the landing spot for this text, not considering the context. But you do have a couple of girls 
who have not been introduced to anything outside of the world they've known. And therefore, the world they've known is the only world that is possible. And maybe we should expand our horizons a little bit, because if you knew there was a world outside of where you are, you might not make some of the decisions you make. Okay, we'll leave Lot, Sodom, its depravity, the destruction, this difficult nine-verse passage at the end of the chapter, and we'll go with Abraham to meet Abimelech in chapter 20, and we'll do that tomorrow. See you then. God bless.